Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This episode of Android Faithful is brought to you by Awesome. The Awesome Privacy Cable gives you much-needed control over when and how your data is shared. Get more info at awesomeprivacy.com slash privacy dash cable. Hello, and welcome to Android Faithful. Yes, welcome to Android Faithful, your weekly search for the latest news, hardware, and apps for the awesome world of Android. And we're did back we, with episode we... two. <laughs> and we're 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 on a bumpy road, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Have some music playing in the background. Yeah, the nice little, it'll fade, yeah. it'll fade out nicely there. Well, uh, thanks everybody for joining. Uh, as mentioned, I'm Ron Richards, and. Uh, we're back for our second episode of Android Faithful. We want to thank everybody for listening to the first episode, watching the first episode, uh, enjoying the first episode, and uh, being patient with us as we work out the kinks. Um, I know we had some audio issues on the audio version of the podcast last week. We made some adjustments. Hopefully, that will be that'll be a little better. Every week, we're going to get a little better, a little tighter. I hope. I don't know. What was the What was the feedback to the show for you for you guys? Did, it, did anybody give you any any positive or negative feedback? So far, I think so people good. were just, yeah, I think people were just happy that, uh, you know, the show is back and a spiritual successor. It, that's a great, isn't that a great feeling to make people happy? I mean, like that is, that is something that I, I have gotten, I will freely admit I've gotten addicted to in my, in my tenure of podcasting is when people tell you how happy your, their, their, your show makes them. I, that's like, ah, oh, that's why we do this. Right. So I, yeah, I, it feels like, I mean, I love doing the show, but it also feels like, I don't know, it just, it, it just really feels special to have people say that they enjoy so much what you're doing. And, you know, like I had someone anyway, it, it's just great. I, I just enjoy, I just do this cause I love it. So the fact that other people love what I'm doing just makes it all the best. Thank you guys. <laughs> 
All right. So a uh, quick reminder, uh, you can uh, obviously, if you're listening or watching this, you might have already done this, but please go subscribe to the show. Uh, we are up on every podcast catcher we think that's out there even google podcast finally accepted us so you can go listen on google podcast um but you go to go to androidfaithful.com you can find all the links to subscribe to the show uh and choose your spot there uh, and please 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 do subscribe um and of course support us uh we love all of our amazing patrons who've already supported us already thank you over at patreon.com slash android faithful um if you go over there you can get in on the action you can help pick a uh new story for us to talk on the on the show uh you, you can get an ad-free version of the podcast you can get some exclusive content and merch um we got a cool t-shirt up there so go check it out at patreon.com slash android faithful um and of course follow us on all the socials uh we're on twitter and instagram and threads and facebook and all the fun places um and lastly you can email us at contact at androidfaithful.com we got emails this week guys i hope you're ready to answer emails because people wrote in which is like the best, uh, the best thing ever. Uh, so that's awesome. We're also for our live stream viewers, we're going to be using the show bot, uh, for, to choose the title of the episode. It's another reason to watch live. Um, and I was sick this weekend. I had strep throat and I did not do my work on the show that I wanted to. So we didn't work out the kinks of the show bot. So we're going to thank Zoe and the rest of the team at DTNS for letting us uh, ride their coattails for another week. Um, but uh, yeah, that's at DTNS.showbot.tv um, where you can help choose the title of the episode. So uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that and talk about it in the post show here on the live stream. So, all right. So that said, uh, do you want to get into the first little bit of news first news story? Shall we? Yeah, y'all. You're ready for Let's some go. news. I don't have it. All right. We still don't have a news bumper, by the way. Sorry. So, um, so all right. So, when I think you've got the first one, so take it away. Yeah. So this is kind of well, this is pretty dry, but it's pretty important to all of us as both Android users and Android developers. And that is basically that in this kind of environment of security and privacy, the Google Play Store is doing a huge update to boost trust and transparency. So there's going to be a few different, a few quite a few changes and things that devs, devs and publishers will need to do to keep up with the new policy. So the number one thing that we're going to talk about today is basically if you are a Google Play you know, developer uh, account, well, actually, if you're registering a new developer Play account, uh, uh, not for an individual developer for, as an organization, you need a DUNS number. I unfortunately know exactly what that is because I used to have an LLC myself when I was self-contracting. Uh, for those of you who are fortunate enough fortunate enough to not know what that is. It's basically a registration number by this company called Dunn and Bradstreet. Uh, they're a company that provide like business intelligence and analytics and provide proprietary software and information, yada, yada. Um, the process is long and full of terrors. I mean, possibly submitting official documentation, which I think I had to do back in the day. So, I mean, if you're a big company, it's no big deal. Uh, for those of you who are smaller uh, independent devs, uh, just be on the lookout for that. I mean, independent devs with, you know, an organization, an LLC, um, and just be aware that it can take up to 30 days to do that. So all my, my independent small dev shop fans out there, you know, be aware of that. But it is, you know, basically registering your business. So that's kind of part of the, you know, accountability, trust, kind of being able to verify that a developer is who they say they are, more or less. And you have to provide things like, you know, the basic information like phone number, email, that kind of thing. Um, you do have to keep your information up to date. Uh, and basically that just means, hey, if Google Play is asking you to verify who you are, please send the information promptly so that your app is not removed from the store. 
And they're kind of in the vein of remember that data safety section that we got last year? Well, the Google Play Store is also now wanting developers to maybe provide more information. So the contact details are now becoming app support. So you'll be able to provide more information like your website and other things about you as a developer. Again, additional information and contact. So I guess in this world of Everybody, well, a lot of people think that Android is, the Android Play Store is just malware. This is just kind of steps to alleviate some of those concerns, accountability, transparency, all that. And another interesting thing, which I guess um, it's interesting, uh, a part of this has been for Google Play to make some policy changes and to kind of have very specific pol- uh, policies around blockchain-based experiences. So this is the Google official line. But for, you know, blockchain related apps, Google Play is, quote, excited to allow these apps to, to sorry, is, is excited, they're excited to allow these apps to create, quote, engaging and immersive, immersive digital experiences with tokenized digital assets such as NFTs. But at the same time, of course, I'm not commenting much on this, but obviously there is a need to balance, you know, innovation and being able to use these new technologies with the responsibility to protect users. So they're going to add in a few policies, basically trying to put user trust uh, as, you know, as paramount um, and just basically increasing transparency. So any apps that, um, you know, use tokenized digital assets, they must very clearly declare if they sell or enable users to earn, you know, these kind of tokenized digital assets. And even though, quote, Tokenized assets are meant to be to build, you know, more enriched, immersive uh, experiences. Developers may not promote or glamorize any potential earning from playing or trading activities. That's real clear and very specific. Um, but you can <laughs> kind of see there where they're, you know, they're trying to. Ha- I mean, I, d- I don't want to get too opinionated in how I'm, you know, communicating this information. But obviously, they're trying to balance, you know, letting people leverage this technology, leverage the experiences, and and you know, the whole market that's there. But, you know, trying to put some guardrails in place to circumvent like the downsides that can come with, you know, blockchain, you know, and enriched experiences. And yeah, but at at the end of that particular announcement, they kind of cited, you know, like companies like Reddit, companies like I think uh, Mythic Entertainment, I may be getting wrong, but this basically we're working hand in hand with developers uh, and companies of all sorts to create a more transparent and more you know, trustworthy play store for you. Um, Michelle, I know that you actually had a one of your, you know, trademark wonderful threads about some of these other changes and you went in a bit more technical detail. Is there anything that, you know, you want to kind of, you think it's worth noting uh, in this, these policy updates? Uh, actually, there are two things. Well, I mean, first, my, my immediate reaction to the blockchain announcement was an eye roll. I felt like, it felt like the kind of thing <laughs> that should have been announced earlier, like back when people didn't have such a negative opinion on NFTs. Now it seems kind of ill-timed. A little, a little late to the party. Like, so a little, a little yeah. late to the party. Not, and a, also, not like late to the party, but the party's over, right? And it's like it's well, like the next day where the party was, right? And, and I definitely I was reading it because there was a lot of positivity and like good like good vibes, but also like you know like holding the kid anyway, holding hands like hey, yep. it's so cool, yeah. y'all. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. So two of the other things that I wanted to bring up was, I guess it's showing on screen right now. There's a new interesting um, policy about apps that run in on-device secure containers. So um, there are these apps on Google Play that allow you to basically run an entire Android OS in a container. So like you can install whatever apps you want, and it's like an entire another Android OS running within an app. 
And now it looks like Google wants developers to have a way to opt out of their apps running in those environments. So if you use any of those apps to say like, you know, virtualize and run a game or something, and so you'd like to mod your game in those containers, maybe certain game developers will start opting out of having the game show up in those in those apps. So um, we might start seeing that in the future. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to bring up is um, when kind of alluded to it earlier, like more information that developers provide will be showing up in the Play Store data safety section. So for example, you can see like the example screenshot, they're showing like the phone number, the email address. And a lot of indie developers are kind of concerned, like, hey, is the phone number I'm providing to Google, is that going to show up? for you just to call on the Google Play Store. And I can kind of understand the concern there. Like, if you're just a random, you know, if you're an individual developer, having your phone number show up so anyone can call you sounds like it's something you don't want to deal but that's, with. But you see, but and, that's, the, that's the thing, though. And, like, that, and like going back, like, when you're talking about the Duns number, like, I, too, have, like, been at a job where we needed to get a Duns number and gone through all that process and stuff like that. And, like, this is maturity of business. Like, if you if you are a developer who is making an app and putting it in the Play Store and asking people to subscribe or pay for it, you are running a business. So therefore, there are common business practices. It's the same. It, I mean, it would be take the same kind of example of you know if there was a storefront somewhere, that, but they didn't want to advertise that they didn't want to put out their phone number or their address because they didn't want anyone to find them. Like, so like either you're in the in the game or you're not in the game. And and I actually. Yeah applaud these kind of changes and i'm surprised they took this long because if, if memory serves me the job i was at we were trying to get a duns number in order to get an app in the apple app store and apple required a duns number and this is like 10 years ago right yeah. and so a lot of this stuff seems kind of like table stakes for just doing business in an app store and you're right michelle like if a developer is not comfortable putting his phone number out there or doing the work to get a business phone number which, by the way, is so easy to get a, a phone number to go to a, a, a voice box or something, you know, a voicemail box, something like that. Um, but if they're not willing to do the work and expose themselves in that way, then they shouldn't be publishing the app. Well, to, one thing to be I, I should note is that it's not really confirmed yet if individual app developers' phone numbers will be posted on Google Play. Like I did well, it's, ask, it's whatever number they put. Google, it's whenever they, they they submit with it. I right? think there's there's yeah. some there's some conflicting documentation saying that it might only show up if you're a company right. and not an individual. So I asked, I did ask Google to confirm. So that's not that part's not confirmed yet. But I do like there is like a growing sentiment I've seen among like indie app developers that developing for you know Google Play and Android is not really for us anymore it's not for the indie you got to be a company now it's like more more the more and more restrictions and the more and more policies you got to follow it kind of feels like a full-time job instead of just a hobby thing you put out to you know for anyone to enjoy i don't know like what do you what do you think about that when like do you do you see like a future for hobbyists like just you know pushing an app out there and forgetting about it is that really something that people can get away with now yeah, I, I, I do, I do, and I, you know what, I totally agree with you too, Ron. Um, and by the way, I, I got that DUNS number because I was, that was when I was doing iOS development. And so it was, and I, I have an LLC, single, you know, I'm a single, single, single person LLC. Um, no, that's a really good question, Michelle. I think it, I feel two ways about it. So I do, I, I feel like Android as a platform for like the longest time, you know, is the platform of enthusiasts and hobbyists. And so I think there's part of me that is sad. Because we are growing up and, you know, I, I, I think a lot of innovation, a lot of, a lot of interesting things. And I know a lot of, I know a lot of dev friends who did, as you said, they, 
they experiment, they do cool things, they push them out there. Sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. Sometimes it's just you experimenting and doing cool things. And yeah, it, part of the ability to do that or the kind of thing that encourages you to do that is because it was really easy on Android. You know, you didn't have to go through all this. And we used to make fun a long time at, Tre at Trello when I went to Trello of like, oh, ha, 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 the iOS devs have so many much more, I mean, more hoops and like full review to go through before they get their app and we could just put, push ours out. Um, and that's changing. You know, we don't get to make fun of them for review times. But at the same time, uh, it, it's weird because at the same time, there's the other side of it where the Android, the Google Play Store is also known as a place where, you know, I have tons of people asking, oh, isn't, isn't the Play Store, isn't Android full of malware? Like, isn't every other thing like spying on you? And because of that um, permissiveness, because of the freedom, we've had some people take advantage of it in a really bad way. And so I... I regret it, but I also think there's other things that play into it other than, you know, just Google cracking down. And I think maybe, unfortunately, it is time to grow up a little bit. And and I agree with you, Ron. Like, if you're going to go out there and ask people to give you money, sometimes you need to do some grown-up stuff. You need your license, then you need to take the test. Or the other way around. You, you take the test, then you get your license. But it, it is some, it is feel like something is lost. Just like growing up, it's <laughs> just like growing up. You lose some freedom. You lose some, some I don't know something but yeah I, it makes sense I, I but I, I get that feeling like we don't want to go through all this to just to put an app out there for yeah. fun but, but. I, I don't know I think I think these are mature business driven decisions that they're making and I, I think they're the right decisions in the long run for the safety of the Google Play Store so um Michelle you you, yeah. you agree disagree you, you're, yeah, no. you're, you're, uh, no, you're I totally skeptical. agree with both of you it's yeah. No, no, no. It's just it's a it's always a really tough thing for Google to balance because they have to satisfy so many different stakeholders, like not just indie app developers, but regular users, companies, OEMs, anyone who like sells apps, like regulators around the world. Um, you know, police, yeah. for example. If there's like scams and stuff, there's there's so many different people they have to satisfy, and and obviously, if one change is going to hurt like one group, you know, it might benefit everyone else, like. They obviously have to weigh the benefits and the downsides. Right. So, Well, when you talk about weighing benefits and downsides, our good friends at the EU are back in action, by the way. Um, <laughs> a part of the uh, of the unofficial Android faithful drinking game when we talk about the EU restrictions. Um, but here it is. Uh, according to the EU, by 2027, um, all smartphones are going to require to uh, adopt replaceable batteries that are easily replaced with no tools. Or expertise, which I like to hear that. Um, so, you know, similar to, you know, EU going after lightning cable and proprietary cables and things like that, uh, the European Council, uh, you know, agreed on this new regulation, um, which is saying that all phones is sold in their area are going to require replaceable batteries. Um, replaceable batteries were a thing of the past. If you remember, we talked about this uh, on our old show as we were looking back on the on the world of um, on the world of uh, phones when it used to it used to be table stakes to get a, a phone that had uh, a replaceable battery, and then they went the way of the dodo. Um, so the question, though, here is whether or not the manufacturers. I mean, twenty twenty seven is a long way off, right? It's four years four years away. Um, and then the other question is whether or not this change makes them make replaceable batteries worldwide or just in the EU. Right. And I think that's what really, uh, you know, remains to be seen. I don't know. Like, and at this point, what they do is speculation, right. But, uh, it's a pretty big deal. Imagine an iPhone you can take the battery out of. Oh. Oh, I mean, gosh. I definitely think it's one of those things that if they have to ab abide by it for the EU, there's no way they can void it anywhere else. Right. It's like, 
you know how uh, the next iPhone is very heavily rumored to have a USB-C port. And it's not like they're going to make two different iPhones, one of the Lightning port for everywhere else and one for Europe. That's just like too much. You know, it's it's two separate product lines for two huge markets. There's just no way they're going to do that. Yep. Yeah, I agree with all the. I mean, I presume I'm not. I'm. I used to be a hardware person way back in the day, but not anymore. But I presume like even just like the logistics of having you know removable battery and then things like waterproofness, like the fact that everybody's yeah. like trying to get like phones as thin as possible. That's a lot of extra hardware design time that I imagine cannot. It. it I don't know what the ROI on that would be. So. Yeah, just, and actually, those are, that's that, what's going to happen to all of our skinny phones and our water, waterproof phones. I was going to say waterproofing so alone. When you think about all all the advancements they that have been made in that have come from the fact that they are these sealed boxes that are hard to open, right? And that's what gives you the waterproofing. Um, and so now you're going to have a whole section of it that like a whole back panel that can open up again. Uh, that's that's going to it's going to be a choice you got to make, I guess. And if you're in the EU, you got no choice. So that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, we always talk, we've been talking uh, on this shows and other shows, well, I guess mostly on other shows until now about like longevity and like how it, companies are trying to lengthen their kind of software updates. And part of part of the thing that kind of runs a but, uh, kind of counter to that is like battery life and like the actual longevity of the hardware. And this would, you know, complement, you know, the longer, you know, a software updates that some companies are putting out. But at the same time. Yeah, it it, uh, it it feels like everything evolved in a certain way, and that's that's okay. But also, yeah, I would like I miss replaceable batteries. I don't know. I I'm always feel two minds about this thing. There's like the good side of it, the bad side of it, and then the I don't know the other the side. other side. So the other side, the third side, is triangle. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't fully read the EU, um, you know, the actual report, the regulation, but might it be possible that you know you, they're not going to require necessarily that the back has to be easily removable or that you know you have to retain waterproofing throughout the entire process maybe right. all maybe an OEM could uh, abide by the regulation by only just, by just providing replacement batteries right. oh you mean like going to like they have to be easily replaceable system. without requiring tools or expertise that's the trick uh oh right okay. so Oh, that, that, if so, that means yeah. then I don't know how that would fit with yeah. you know waterproofing. We'll see. The next four years definitely will be interesting, as we say. So. Hey, innovation, man! Maybe this will spur an innovation, and we'll get something real cool yeah. in the next we'll four see. years. And oh. Then we'll actually say yay EU. <laughs> Maybe we'll see, and we'll see in twenty. We'll see if we're still doing the show in twenty twenty. I, I mean, the people in EU, yay! Yeah. Uh, the regulations, <laughs> different feelings. All right. Well, we so. couldn't move on from news without touching on Android fourteen, so uh, we we throw it to Michelle now here. Uh, all right, so if you use a work profile on Android, in Android 14, um, when you hit the pause work apps button, the Android OS will actually pause the work profile now. So previously, even though the button says you're pausing work apps you know, when you hit that button, what's actually happening is you're turning off the work profile entirely. And I know it's a little confusing because like everywhere it implies that you're actually, you've always been pausing the work profile, but that's not the case. So... In earlier versions of Android, turning off the work, prof- the work profile means that all your apps stop running, that you're not getting any notifications, apps can't uh, check your location, your uh, you know your IT admin they can't update your policy, like they can't um, update your apps, check if you're in compliance or anything like that. Basically, the entire profile shuts down, everything stops working, which is you know for a user point user point of view is a good thing. You don't have apps running in the background draining your battery. Um, you don't have your, you know, your work apps checking your location from time to time. It's basically, you know, you turn off, 
you go on full vacation mode or just, you know, end of the day, you can put your phone aside and use it as normal. But on Android 14, since you're now pausing the work profile and it's continuing to run in the background, all of your apps will keep running as well. You won't be getting any notifications because those will be hidden from you, you know, while the work profile is paused. But because apps are running, when you unpause, they'll be immediately available. And any notifications that were being, you know, piled up will immediately be available to you as well. But this also means that, you know, apps could be accessing your location in the background or because they're running, you know, you might have an impact on your battery life. So, you know, you might see a reduction in battery life by using a work profile on Android 14. Um, We haven't had any of you, like, testing done so i don't really know how much of an impact it'll have on battery life but i do think it might have an impact and some people who use a work profile are also a little concerned about the implications of this change it's so funny because i have one of my work accounts i accidentally set it up on my phone and chose like work profile because i'm like oh i've never used that before and it is so annoying it is so annoying to have to jump between, you know, like to, to, you know, to have to, to have that moment, that momentary jump from your personal profile to the work profile to access mail to do whatever it is and to be bouncing between the two. I found it to be more of a detriment when I got a new phone. I didn't set up work profile. So, but I could be crazy, but I kind of personally think that work profile is not accessible enough right now you can only use it if you have like a managed google workspace account right and like you know your the it admin for your workspace account specifically allows it like right now you can't just like say you're an independent contractor or freelancer you can't create a work profile without using a third-party solution yep and so you know i think that's something that's definitely missing from the experience yep so yeah that would be nice especially as someone who works at a big company and th- there are advantages to it you're right but it, it's definitely like a very disconnected experience although as someone who 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 hates installs a work profile or doesn't want to install a work profile, but does anyway. I don't know. Maybe I'm a bad person to ask. (laughs) Hate install. That's not right. All right. Well, we're going to stay on Android 14 though, but it is time for the patron news pick drum roll music or whatever it might be. So as we mentioned at the top of the show, our loyal patrons over at patreon.com slash Android faithful every week, they get to vote on a story for us to talk about this week. And this week, it was very, very exciting as uh, we had three stories, uh, Samsung integrating ChatGPT in their browser, uh, Nearby Share you uh, might be using QR codes, or the winning story, Android 14 to warn when trying to sideload updates, which was written by our very own Michelle Rahman. So, Michelle, tell us about the uh, patron news story. It's not as uh, menacing as it as it sounds at first. <laughs> it's basically, it's basically. So there's this new um, improvement in Android 14 related to app stores that lets an app store claim update ownership over an app they install. So say you install an app from a third party app store like the Samsung Galaxy Store, um, and then you know you also have that same app available for update through the Google Play Store. Right now in Android, either app store could update that app. And you might not enjoy that process. Like you might not want one app store to update an app over another app store because maybe you trust one app store to only serve you vetted um, app updates. Like this, this is especially prominent if you're using if you're like a privacy focused you know person and you use like Fdroid for example, which only sources open source um, apps. Um, so basically, what Google is doing here is they're applying this new process to claim update ownership over select Google apps, including the Google Play Services app. So right now on Android 14, when you try to sideload an update to the Google Play Services app, you'll get this warning um, that says uh, this app 
I don't know if you can scroll down a bit sure, and yep. show them the warning. There it is. Yeah, you'll get this warning right here. Uh, it'll ask you if you want to update this app from this other installer. In this case, is APK Mirror Installer, which I was trying to sideload uh, through the Android Police APK Mirror Installer app. And the Android OS is warning me that this app normally receives updates from the Google Play Store, and that by updating from a different source, you may receive feature updates from any source on your phone, and that app functionality may change. So basically, this is just a simple warning saying, hey, if you stop receiving updates from Google Play Store, you might mess things up by you know, sideloading the wrong version of an app. You're still safe because Android's regular security measures like um, the signature verification and um, you know, the package verification will still be taking place. So like, it won't allow you to install a malicious version of the app on top of you know, the existing app. But it will warn you that you, know, you might experience a loss in functionality if you install from another source because you might not know what you're installing. So, so how different is this? This doesn't seem a lot different than the existing protection of installing an APK from a third-party source that isn't verified, right? This seems like an extension of that. Well, the existing protection from sideloading the app is just a general warning that sure. you, know, you might not uh, – you might be able to install an app that is not safe because it's not available on Google Play. But this warning in particular is saying the app you're about to install should be safe because its its signature will match. Right. So like it's an app that's available on Samsung Galaxy Store and the Google Play Store simultaneously from the same developer, you know, they're both the same they're both signed by the same developer. But if you install from one source, then you might get a different version of the app that might not be optimized for your device or it might be missing certain features, for example. And I provide an example in the article that talks about the live caption feature that debuted on the Pixel 4. Um, when the Pixel 4 debuted and that shipped with the live caption feature, some people found out that after they were sideloading updates to a particular app, they lost that feature because they were inadvertently sideloading a version of that app that was meant for other devices that didn't have the live caption feature. Yeah. So that's an example of how, you know, sideloading an app when you're not sure what you're doing can result in you like losing something. Right. All right. Well, interesting. So uh, this is going to be an Android 14. This is going to roll out with it, you think? Or? Right. It's, it's something that's available to apps to use. It's, a, it's an API, the Update Ownership API. And I don't know if Google Play Store will start doing this for every app it installs. I kind of doubt they're going to do that because then you'll see this warning anytime you try to sideload any app. Right. right now, it looks like they're just doing this for this particular core Google app. Right. All right. Cool. Well, there it is. Your patron news story uh, straight from the source. We can't always promise we'll have the source. But this week we did with Michelle. So thank you. Um, all right. Excellent. So uh, we are going to take a break now and we are going to thank our sponsor, uh, Awesome, for making the Awesome Privacy Cable. Uh, awesome Privacy Cable is really an amazing thing. It gives you much needed control over when and how your data is shared. It's got a built-in switch that cuts off the USB to it pins that deliver USB data so there's no software wall that could get broken into. It's just a straight and simple, straightforward air gap. And I've actually got the uh, cable here, and I want to show everybody watching on our video show. And if you're listening on the audio podcast, head over to awesomeprivacy.com slash privacy cable. But you will see that the awesome privacy cable is made of that fantastic, durable uh, kind of fabric uh, wrapper that we love when you get a really good cable on there. 
Um, it, it is, uh, it really feels high quality. Uh, it's abrasion resistant braided nylon sleeve with adenized aluminum, aluminum end caps. Um, and at the end of the USB cable, um, there is a little physical switch, right? And it's, uh, it's got a little lightning bolt icon under it and it switches back and forth. And in that switch, there is a LED light that tells you when the privacy protection is on and active. So a great example of this is if you're in an Uber and you want to plug in your phone and get a little charge while you're there. Is a, there's a strange USB cable. You don't know what you're plugging into. You don't know what the other end of that connection goes to. If is it truly just power or is it somebody who's going to want to steal your, your data off your device? If you had the awesome privacy cable, you flip that switch on, it cuts off all the USB data and just gives you the, the power that you need to charge up your phone. Um, so it's really, really hand, handy. And when you think about what this protects against, it mitigates against the vector of the hypothetical juice jacking attacks that the FBI and FCC have warned about, uh, the possibility of. Uh, but listen, these, these attacks have never been observed in the wild yet. Um, it's just something that the FBI and FCC have warned could happen down the road. But if you're worried about d- protecting your data and you carry sensitive or highly valuable data, why not start and just carry this cable with you and have an added layer of protection? Um, that way you're all set for the future. Uh, really can't get away. You can't get better than that. So, uh, the cable's got up to 60 watt charging speeds, um, at 20 volts to three amp. Uh, and it's, uh, also got USB 2.0 data speeds. And now you can get all this data privacy protection for just $30 available on Amazon. All right. Uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty, pretty good deal. It's a solid fast charging cable that protects your data while doing it. So we want to thank Awesome for sponsoring this episode of Android Faithful and head over to awesomeprivacy.com slash privacy cable and uh, check it all out and order it on Amazon. Thanks, Awesome. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Cool. So with that, uh, we're going to move on to hardware. And last week, uh, I had promised a proper review of my Pixel tablet. So here we are. So buckle up, everybody. Um, everybody knows that I love tablets, right? I mean, that is, that is well known, um, that I'm a tablet fan. Uh, I wanted it to be the year of the tablet when the Pixel tablet came out. Um, 
I really, 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 really do like this device a lot. I, I think it's, I think it's a, a, a really solid um, tablet. It feels great. It's got a good weight. The display is bright. Uh, audio sounds really solid on it. You know, when we think about what we use tablets for, I mainly mainly use them for media devices. Um, so watching and listen, watching you know TV and movies, listening to music, reading books, reading comic books, that sort of thing. Um, I said it last week on the show that I really like the integration of this tablet into uh, the whole Material U kind of world. Um, the fact that it feels, it almost feels seamless when I go from my Pixel 7 to the Pixel tablet. Like, oh, I'm just going from one device to another and it knows me. And it picks up all my settings and knows, you know, who I am and what I'm doing, what I like. So I definitely do like that. Um, a huge, uh, pro for this, and it's been talked about endlessly in other websites and other reviews when you talked about it, when you, when you chatted about it on our last show. Um, the, uh, the, the base that it comes with, the little, uh, charging base that also has there it is also has a speaker um when you snap that tablet into it it turns it basically turns into a home hub and it really gives you two devices in one it's the portable tablet that you can carry around and use as a device but it's also when it's not being used it's this ambient device that that you can uh, allow to control your home um and you know whether play media the speakers i think sound great in the base um and all in all just really really positive It's, it's an additive device which at this point in 2023 is very rare um, at least in my kind of devices that I use. Um, now that said, uh, I've got, I do got some critiques. I've got some, I got some criticisms and when, since you, you also, uh, own the pixel tablet, I'd love to hear what you think of it. Um, when I snapped it into the hub and put it into hub mode, I think I literally said, that's it. Yes. All, all it did was just give me a slideshow of my Google photos, which is cool and give me a button to access the panel in my Google home app. And that's it. Yes. And I, I, I definitely in my mind had more hopes for hub mode in that it would give me more of a control center, give me kind of at a glance access, a little more functionality. But the hub mode is just, for all intents and purposes, a photo frame with a button to turn lights on. Ron, I'm so happy you're saying that right now because that was our experience and we hated it. Right. In fact, we actually went through the promotion material. So, so I, so I, I think it's fair to say that maybe we approached the device in the wrong way. We wanted a hub first and not a tablet. And I, I mentioned that on our previous show. And it was really funny because after I talked about it and I felt like a little weird, like I felt like, oh, maybe I missed something. And, and my husband and I actually went to the promotional material for the Android tablet to see if maybe we, it, to, to see like, Okay, we're really in a tablet and hoping for a hub. And yeah, like if you look at the promotional material, it really shows the tablet as a tablet being docked. And I totally agree with you. Like I wanted a hub and it, it isn't quite, it's not the same. Yep. And I really miss, I miss the hub interface as a hub, like the Nest Hub that, is it Fuchsia? Was it, was it built in Fuchsia? I'm, yeah, I think it was, it was Fuchsia. Yep. It was yep. Fuchsia. Yep. I miss it. Yep. I miss it a lot. And yes, uh, my husband and I had the exact same experience as Ron. All right. So Pointing at the camera. I feel, uh, yes. I, I feel, uh, I feel uh, redeemed there. Now that said, no. yeah. if I got to give it like, I don't know, we haven't, we haven't established our like rating scale. We need to come up with a rating scale on our reviews, by the way. I think that's how we should differentiate. So let's think about it. But um, uh, on a scale of one to 10, I probably will still give it an eight just because it is a, it, it, it is a solid, it's a solid device and it does everything I want as a tablet. 
it hasn't been a life changer. I haven't moved over to productivity, productivity yet. But that said, I haven't really traveled as much, right? So that's where I want, where I want to see uh, where it kind of will come through and shine. I do want to get like a Bluetooth keyboard so I can see if I actually work on this thing or not. Um, but overall, really solid, great build. Would recommend the price point is right as far as I'm concerned. The, the video quality and audio quality sound good. Like it checks all those boxes. It's just the areas that I thought it would differentiate itself to push it up closer to a 10 fell a little short for me. So. I definitely uh, think it was released a little too early. Fascinating. Like, there's, it's clear there are aspects of it that are still a work in progress, especially related to all the large screen improvements in Android 14. The stylus support, like you check the spec sheet, right? It supports stylus, and there are rumors that they're working on a stylus for it, and they might be even working on a keyboard for it. Who knows? Like, I feel like if this launched with Android 14 and all the desktop mode improvements, maybe we could have like a... You know how on Samsung tablets you can have DeX running on the tablet itself and you get like a desktop environment. Yep. You know, if this device shipped with Android 14 with all the smart hub stuff, with the dock, maybe with a stylus and keyboard accessory, so you can use it as both, you know, a tablet that sits on your desk and a tablet you take with you to work, then I think this would easily bump its score up maybe to like a nine. And, and it's funny though, because like after see, listening to when you talk about the Pixel Fold last week and seeing all of our other friends reviewing the Pixel Fold, talking about it as a productivity device, a, device, a, you know, a tablet you take with you that you can work on and stuff like that. It's like so much of the, the rhetoric that's being talked about the Pixel Fold in that category is what I wish the Pixel tablet was being talked about. But instead, they're just talking about the hub mode, which doesn't even deliver as much, I think, as the productivity of the Pixel Fold provides. So. Um, now I'm thinking eight might be too generous. I might go down to a seven. I go seven. That's a good, I, I would, I would, as a tablet, I would give it a seven as, as a friend, if, if I, as a person, as a friend, as a, no, as a hub, <laughs> as a hub, I'd give it like a three or four. Yeah. But the thing is, it's, it's, it's all, it's all in one. Right. And so I gotta, I gotta, I gotta treat That's it fair. as it is. And, and up to this point, we haven't had a snappable tablet that plugs into a hub dock. So like, I'm excited about that. I think that's awesome. If this is the beginning of it, I hope the next major update to it revamps the hub mode and really sells the dream of that. And at that point, then it gets closer back up to an eight or nine. So um, it it is a great device. And I I actually did recommend it to a friend who uh, she was, uh, hi, Joanna. Uh, She's buying it. She's looking to buy a a new tablet from her, for her parents because she had a pixel C Give her, I think she gave her parents oh, to see. Is that the right yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of showing its age. I was like, you know what? And she was like, well, I don't think they really want like a hub. I was like, then buy this, <laughs> buy this for them because it's a pretty decent tablet. And like the hub features, I think are a good starter hub features. You know what I mean? They might, that actually might be a good, that it might be a good bridge product for someone who likes tablets but isn't like yeah. sold on like having a smart like sent with the smart display and and yeah and the, the interesting thing is is that like i'm also not like the way i've seen i've read about it and the way it's being positioned i don't sit on the couch with my tablet as a second screen i don't want a second screen on the couch i've got a i paid a lot of money for a big screen that i'm looking at right so i actually i actively put my phone away when i'm watching tv because i want to be focused on what i'm doing um yeah. and so ideally it's like when i'm traveling when i'm in bed when i'm like you know or whatever it might be, that's when the tablet comes in to play where it's a handy, thin device that I can throw in my backpack and have a bunch of stuff with me and that sort of thing. Um, and when it's not being used, it's just it's just sitting in the drawer. And so now it's sitting on the hub and I'm seeing pictures of my kids and that's nice and I can play music and that's nice. I just wish it did a little more. So, Actually, about that, there is another little bit of untapped potential in the Pixel tablet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw the spec sheet, but it mentions that it supports ultra-wideband, I'm pretty sure. Oh. 
And so if you remember back at CES 2023, Google mentioned that they're working on the ability to transfer media around the house with you. And um, from what I can remember, you know, look, digging into Android 13, there's like new APIs and stuff that allows you to transfer media from one device to another. So you could maybe take your Pixel phone with an ultra wideband chip, walk up to it, and it'll automatically transfer to your Pixel tablet. That's pretty cool. Of course, this hasn't been announced yet, but there's the API, there's Google's announcement at CES, there's the ultra wideband in the tablet. It seems... I mean, it all lines it, up. It's all... The, the math was working out there, Michelle. You got the crazy wall. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I would love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, so there's my Pixel tablet review. So I'm giving it a seven overall. Um, and it, it is now my daily driver for my tablet. So uh, we'll see how it, how it, how it stands up long term. Um, so with that, uh, when you got our next story. Yeah, and I guess it's kind of hard for us to get away from talking about foldables uh, from week to week as we're foldable fans around here, obviously with my Pixel Fold, but just in general, the form factor as well. And something that people tend to talk about with, especially now the current generation technology of foldables is thickness. So, you know, we've got the, you know, foldable phones aren't very svelte. Uh, we've got the Galaxy Z Fold 3 or Z Fold 4 or 3 or 4 rather, sorry, topping it off at 15.8 millimeters when closed. The Pixel Fold, which I am now rocking as my daily driver and love as much as I do my Z Fold 4, uh, is 12.1 millimeters closed. The Xiaomi Mix Fold is a little bit thinner, 11.2. And, and we have a new competitor coming into the ring because we have the Honor Magic V2, which has the distinction of being the thinnest foldable yet at 9.9 millimeters thick closed. So it has hit single digit, just about single digit millimeters uh, when closed. So that's kind of like, what is the, what is the opposite? uh, What is the thick, the T H I C C this is the, Uh, yeah, it went from thick to, 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 to T H. That's not, I like that so much. Um, What's really interesting is that the thickness when open is pretty, it's pretty dang thing. It actually has two different versions. There's a hyper thin version that has a leather backplate Uh, video viewers can see it there. Um, there's actually a glass backed version, which is like 0.2 millimeters thick, uh, thicker. So 4.7 meter, millimeters or 4.9 millimeters thick when open, still really thin. And if you want your little spec rundown, it's a pretty nice device. It's got a 7.92 inch inner display, 6.43 inch outer display. Uh, both displays run 120 hertz. And it has the le- very snappy Snapdragon 8 Gen 2. It's going to run eight Android 13 via Magic OS 7.2. It's got 16 gigabytes of RAM and can go from anywhere from 256 to 512 to 1 terabyte of storage. You got a 50 megapixel main, a 50 megapixel ultra ride, uh, and a 16 megapixel, um, sorry, um, outer camera. And what's really cool, okay, so here's the cool thing. This is like the thinnest foldable that we have so far, right? It also has the highest capacity battery. So the Z Fold 4 has a 4,400 milliamp battery. Pixel Fold has 4,800. The Honor Magic V2 has a 5,000 milliamp battery. So it's managing to be a little bit thinner and squeezing a little more milliamps to How can it be thinner and fatter when it comes to the battery? That, 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 that math doesn't work for me. That doesn't make sense. Well, it, well, it doesn't have a removable, removable battery, that's for sure. That thing is probably welded yeah, in I there. Know. This, um, this won't be available in the EU in 2027, will it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's a good I mean, we don't even know if it's going to be available internationally sure. uh, outside of China. But for our Android faithful in China, you can purchase it starting at 8,999. Sorry, 8,999 yuan or about 1250 USD for the base model. So 
again, yet another foldable that we're probably not going to get our hands on kind of showing how the Chinese market is super, super innovating. So yeah. um. The, the, the (laughs) fact that the inner display is stylus compatible, those you stylus lovers out there who want to have a foldable that you can use a stylus with, there it is. And just the, Here's the thing about foldables. Like I, we've been so bullish on foldables for years. And, and I've said that, like, I think they will be a game changer. And yeah. the, one of the biggest complaints about the foldables since they've come out have been their chunkiness and mm-hmm. the thickness, especially when folded. And this doesn't look like a phone. It looks like a remote control and all this sort of stuff. And when you yeah. have a phone like this that folds to the width of a regular phone, it is very hard to argue the folding nature of it. Um, yeah. I mean, this leaves me wondering, like, w- what, what is this leaving on the table in favor of this thinness? And I don't see it. Like, it, like all the specs are there, right? I'm all the key specs because, are there, but there yeah. might be some like, like there's no Qi wireless charging support, for example. So oh, the coils, right, yeah. there's no coils in the, inside the phone. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know if this thing supports ultra wideband. And if it doesn't, you know, there's no ultra wideband chip. Right. But in fairness, there are combo Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, ultra wideband chips, I think. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like the, if you look closely at the specs, I'm sure you'll find some compromises that, you know, Samsung's foldable has everything imaginable in yeah. it, right? <laughs> but I, like, you know, there are, has to be some compromises. It's not like they're just generations ahead of Samsung and, you know, there's no explanation why, you know, there has to be something yeah. to give. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not an expert, but you can see here, like it, we, we live in, in kind of like outside of China, we live in the world of $1,800 foldables. This is a foldable for 1250s, but as you said, it doesn't have wireless charging. What else is, and, and I mean, again, I think we just kind of are outside observers to the foldable market in China. So I don't like, I, I can't comment right now about whether this is like, Oh, that's typical. That's fine. That's kind of indicative, in, indicative of like what, a similar foldable with the same specs and same like pluses and minuses might be in the US. I don't know, but yep. yeah, it, it seems like something. I mean, but, I mean this is what's going to come yeah. down. It's going to come down to choice. It's going to be like, what's important to you? Wireless charging or a thin phone? If you like, it's, it's like a NCAA bracket of features, right? If you ask me, I would, I would sacrifice wireless charging for thinness, right? Like I don't use wireless charging that much. I just like, I'm fine with plugging it in and that sort of thing. Call me old fashioned, Michelle. I'm sorry. Um, but I, I see you snickering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but that's what's going to come down to. It's like, do you want big battery? Do you want good camera? Like if, if they can introduce those options and features and get the foldable size down. And as long as the price point isn't, you know, totally up in the, uh, you know, in the stratosphere, then it's, it's compelling. Um, but we're not going to stop there with foldables though, because, uh, our good friends, uh, OnePlus are getting in, are getting into the, into the game. Uh, and it looks as if the OnePlus open, Slash OnePlus V Fold launch date uh, is zeroing in on August 29th, so a little a little less than a month and a half away. Um, we you know we and we've seen some leaks and some renders and some rumors of the OnePlus uh, foldable with the you know with that enormous camera circle on the back. Um, but uh, it looks like they're going to be holding an event uh, in New York at the end of the month uh, to unveil uh, this new foldable that will be another entry uh, into the space. Um, this, now this, uh, this news did leak. OnePlus hasn't formally announced it or confirmed it. Um, but the folks over at Smart Pricks, uh, and, uh, and Max Jambor, uh, who revealed it, ran, uh, are running with it and, uh, giving us a, uh, idea of when to expect the OnePlus open foldable, um, to hit the, hit, to, you know, be introduced to the world. Um, I'm very interested to see what, 
the confirmed specs will be for OnePlus's entry point into the foldable. Um, I know OnePlus, we've kind of snickered at them uh, over the last couple uh, you know, months slash years for kind of, uh, how would you describe OnePlus right now? Uh, wasting its potential or not living up to its past uh, successes? I mean, Michelle, what do you think of OnePlus these days? I definitely think the perception has turned around. Like yeah. there was a brief period of disappointment when they first transitioned, when they first pulled off the mask and everyone already saw underneath. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, you guys were Oppo. Yeah, all along. It was up think, all along. <laughs> there was a thin line that nobody really bought. And of course, like there was some disappointment with the initial color OS rollout. But yeah. I think a lot of that sentiment has turned around. And a lot of people really like the OnePlus 11. Like I've seen yeah. a lot of people online, tech influencers, content creators call it, you know, like a great deal. Yep. And I think there's a lot of genuine excitement for this device in particular based on the leaks and the fact that it's going to be a major foldable launch in the United States. Yeah. Like it was a big deal when Google launched their foldable. And now all of a sudden, like barely a couple of months later, we're going to have a third option in the U.S. Right. Think about how the, the world of foldables is, is opening. The world of foldables is unfolding in front of us. Um, <laughs> but not so much uh, foldables, but another reason to like OnePlus, which I give them credit, which I'm so bummed that Florence Ion is, isn't on the show this week. Um, she, uh, We hope to have her on the show uh, come in August. I know she's excited to join. But um, OnePlus came out with a mechanical keyboard which I did not have on my bingo card. Um, so for, so for two, $220, uh, uh, in just about a week on July 26th, the OnePlus keyboard 81 Pro, uh, is going to be available, uh, for all your type in needs. Uh, if you like that clickety clack of mechanical keys, uh, OnePlus is there for you. Um, again, I did not see this coming. It's got the little lights underneath it, right? The little like rainbow lights. LED, the, yep, the, LED lights. This yeah. looks like one of the keyboards that Flo puts together uh, on her Instagram. Yeah. Um, how, oh my gosh, how have Flo and I not connected on? I'm also a mechanical keyboard nut. Um, oh, I yeah, had no for, idea. For, for a keyboard fam, it's a they, they're releasing a, a ten keyless keyboard. It's really slick, and I, what I really like is like the color. So, um, is it what, what kind of keycaps does it have? Are they PBT? I, I, like what? <laughs> well, you're really getting Sorry. into it, aren't you? <laughs> so, um, but, but I mean, it's it's kind of hard to describe for uh, audio only users, but it definitely feels like it has like the one plus touches. It's got the red cable, the yep. familiar red cable. It's got like a red uh, escape key with a OnePlus logo and a red enter key. And it has like, while it is LED, it definitely has, it It, it looks like an enthusiast keyboard because yeah. it's got that mix of like kind of highbrow and low tech. I don't know yeah. if, if that's how to say it. And what is that dial? There's, there's oh, yeah, actually, the, is that a volume dial? The upper dial? right-hand corner. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's the like clear a volume, volume di- di- dial in the upper right-hand corner. Yep. I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty sexy. Yeah. I'm going to say. So it's pretty nice. Um. I, I don't know. It yeah. I didn't I, I did not see this coming. So I think this is fun. This is what this is what makes OnePlus OnePlus. Like this feels like old OnePlus, doesn't it? Like it it really does. Yeah. It really does. So um yeah. If if you like Imagine, if you like a mechanical keywords, yeah, go ahead. Fine, my bad. I um, the next thing, nothing is gonna come out with a transparent keyboard. <laughs> I would buy that. I would buy that. I would not use it, but I would buy it. Nothing that. totally Seriously. should do that. Or like one of those light based keyboards, you know, like those keyboards that project that you did and maps what you're doing on there. Yeah, oh. that, that would be interesting. And then you could customize like yep. the, the, the LED patterns and yep. shoot. Please, Carl, can we have one? Please, please. <laughs> Carl, play. Please. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for hardware. Um, and we're getting close to the end of the show. We want to touch quickly on apps because, uh, 
those longtime listeners uh, or watchers of our show know that uh, Wear OS and the lack of good podcast apps has been a, th- a thorn in our side. Uh, but we were very excited to see our friends over at Pocket Cast have indeed released the Pocket Cast Wear OS app finally. It was in beta a couple of weeks ago and we knew it was coming. Um, but there it is. If you've got a uh, Pixel Watch, you can now finally get your Pocket po- your Pocket Cast podcast uh, needs covered with the Wear OS app. Um, so someone, if you have a, pic- a Pixel Watch and you listen to podcasts and you use Pocket Cast, please write in and tell us what this experience is like because one of the main reasons why I got the Pixel Watch was to use it to go on runs and listen to podcasts and the lack of a quality podcast app made me return the watch out of anger. So, uh, yeah, so it's nice to see that it's, uh, as, so the pocket cast wear OS app, uh, um, uh, it, it will work. His question in the chat was if it will work, uh, on other watches other than just the pixel. Yes. Anything running wear OS, it will run on. Um, we're just using the, the, the pixel watch as an example. Um, but as long as it's up to date running, uh, the latest version of wear OS, it should work there. So, all right. So hooray, uh, Pocket Cast. Good job there, folks. All right. And with that, um, it is time to hear from you, the lovely audience. We asked you to write into us at contact.androidfaithful.com, and some of you did. Oh, my God. It's amazing. So, Huynh, why don't you you share with us the first email we got? Yes, and our first email is from Rom. I think it's Rom, not Ram. Rom, if I'm mispronouncing your name, write us again and correct me. I would love that. I would welcome that. Um, and I apologize. Hopefully uh, I'm pronouncing your name correctly. But Rom writes us saying, hello, Android Faithful gang, longtime AAA viewer. And I really enjoyed the first episode of the Android Faithful podcast and look forward to many years of fun and informative episodes. I just wanted to say I really enjoyed Wynn's review of the Pixel Fold. Thank you. Uh, I was skeptical of the Fold at first, but ended up ordering it at launch. Having used the device for a few weeks now, I must say I'm really enjoying it a lot. I am not a productivity or power user, but I am a media consumer and having a foldable tablet to watch YouTube and streaming content when I'm out and about is fantastic. This does mean my my Pixel Fold is close for 70% of my usage, and I really love the screen size. The notebook form factor feels more secure in my hand and really makes those stretched out screens on other devices feel a bit weird to use now. I agree with Wynn that this is not a device to recommend for the average user, but hopefully in five years, there will be a foldable saturated market that will bring the price of these devices down. Amen. As for cases, I went with a thin case that is MagSafe compatible, which opens up a whole new avenue of accessories. Cheers, Rom. And Rom, that's actually a great idea. Um, if you want to write back and let us know which one you picked, because that sounds fabulous to me. I, I'm look, I'm always looking for case recommendations. Um, but yeah, that was our first email. Yes. First Android Faithful email in the books. Thank you so much, Rom. That was awesome, Rom. Thanks for getting in there in the inbox. That was awesome. Uh, but we got another email. So there it is. Uh, so our second email uh, comes from Brian from New Jersey, all right, who says, congrats on the new pod. I heard Wynn's feedback on the Casemate case for the Pixel Fold and wanted to let you guys know that the first-party case by Google is excellent. It fits perfectly, it's thin, and it provides a good grip. I was concerned that it uses adhesive on both parts of the case because I like to take my case off to clean out dust every so often, but so far that doesn't seem to be an issue at all. I've taken it off and on a few times, and it doesn't seem to have lost any adhesive properties. The only downside is that it doesn't protect the spine of the Fold at all, so if you have a direct drop onto that side, you could see damage. Good luck with the new show. 
Thanks, Brian from New Jersey. And thank you, Brian, for writing in. And when there's a little, uh, uh, you know, a, a testimonial of the of the official case. So. Oh, I so I'm actually using taste to, to the official case as well. And I did worry about that. I did see that adhesive, Brian. And actually, the thing with the Z Fold 4 is that it, it also has little adhesive strips or little kind of sticky strips. And the second time I took it out of the case, they did rip off and stick to the phone. So Brian is so Brian, it sounds like the Pixel Fold's uh, adhesive are a little bit more sturdy than the Z Fold 4's cases. So there you go. At least the Z Fold, the Z Fold case that I use with the silicon strap. So thank you for the confirmation and thank you for the email. Sweet. Yeah. So thank you, everybody. Please write in with your questions, your feedback, contact at androidfaithful.com. We want to hear from you. Any questions or topic that we have, I think we're going to start coming up with like topics to challenge you with. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, taking a little prompts. So we'll see if those come through soon. But uh, awesome. All right. Well, that's episode two in the books. We did it, everybody. My, my throat made it, uh, although I'm starting to feel it. I caught strep, strep throat over, uh, uh, like five, four or five days ago. So I'm at the end of it, but it still it hurts a little. So it happens when you have oh, toddlers on the end of the house. So yeah. All right. Well, Michelle. Tell the fine folks where they can find you if they enjoy your work here on Android Faithful. Well, um, on my Twitter at Michelle Ramon, I know that a lot of people don't use Twitter anymore, but I do. At the very top, yeah. I have. I mean, a lot of people still do. Yeah. Like you can see my link tree. I have links to a whole bunch of different platforms. Um, you can see all my articles. You can. I, I did update it. It doesn't say all about Android anymore. I was going to call that out, Michelle. Faithful. Thank you for doing the work. You did the work. You put the time in. You, you updated with the Android Faithful logo yeah. and everything. That's awesome. So, yep. Yeah, so I have a links to my Telegram channel, Mastodon, Reddit, email, threads, everything. Like, everything's on this page. So if you want to find follow me in one of these different platforms, you can find the link there. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you, Michelle. It's always a pleasure to have you. We're gonna, you're not going to be on next week, right? But uh, everybody stay tuned. You will be back, right? You're with us uh, as, much as, as, uh, as much as you want to be. You're always welcome here on Android Faithful. So, Absolutely. All right, cool. All right, Huynh, uh tell the folks where, where they can find you. Yes, I am an Android developer, and you can find me on technical talks that I do uh, on my, web, my website. My website. My website. Randomlytyping.com. Uh, and you can find me at places at Queen Code Monkey. I have not updated my website, so please don't scroll down anymore, Ron. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> soon uh, to reflect the fact that we are doing this podcast, Android Faithful. Uh, and yeah, so find me at all the places at Queen Code Monkey, Threads, Instagram, other sites that are blue, uh, both of them actually. So yeah, uh, glad to be here. Cool. See you in the Excellent. And um, I have not uh, done the work and put up any link tree or website or anything, but I am out there in the universe uh, on my nom de plume uh, at RonXO. Uh, I am on Twitter. I am on Instagram. I am on threads. I am on Mastodon, Blue Sky, all that sort of stuff. But I'm very busy. Um with my life, uh, but I try to post every now and then. I'm probably the most active on Instagram, to be honest, just because the photo based and that sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, so excellent. So, uh, yeah, so follow me at RonXO. Uh, appreciate everybody. Um, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and watching live. We record this show every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, um, 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, please join us. The more the merrier. It's always a blast. Um, and then we always publish the podcast immediately after that on Tuesday evenings. So if you subscribe, uh, you can catch it on your podcast uh, app of choice. Uh, we recommend Pocket Casts, but whatever you want to use is up to you. That's totally fine. And you can download that every Tuesday night. 
Um, and you can find links to subscribe to the podcast feeds as well as links to the live stream on YouTube and on uh, Twitch. Thanks to the fine folks at Daily Tech News Show. That entire awesome organization is there to support us, and we thank them so much. You can find links to watch their videos, including DTNS and the other great shows on the network. Um, all of that is over at androidfaithful.com, our own website. Uh, and you can also email us at contact at androidfaithful.com. And with that, it's going to wrap it up for episode two. We thank everyone for listening, and we'll see you next week for We Are the Android Faithful. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.